0: Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray. Lord, we long for that day when you call our names and that pain and tears are gone. But Lord, even more, like Paul says, we long for that day in which death is swallowed by life. We don't long to be uh, transitioned into that place by death. We just want life to come, and to swallow this whole place up so that death and tears and pain are no more. But Lord, in the meantime, we worship you as we wait for that day, that promised day in which Jesus becomes all in all. We worship you. We come to this place. We do have hurts. We have sorrows. We have cares, concerns, but we also have joys, we have blessings. We are counting our blessings this morning. Lord, we, we probably could just go around this room and call out blessings that we are thankful for. And the whole service would just be that because we can't count them all. And so we are thankful. We are grateful to be in this place, to worship together, to worship you. We are thankful for Sundays. The day in which we pause everything to come into this place and to worship. What a privilege. What an honor. What an honor to be in this space surrounded by beauty. Surrounded by beautiful people. Surrounded by beautiful music. Lord, we are a grateful people. As we worship you this morning, Lord. Anything that might hinder us from being totally present totally here listening for that still small voice we pray that you would take that as far as the east is from the west remove it from us if not just for this hour maybe even for the rest of today for the rest of the week take our burdens take our cares and our concerns we trust in you we trust that you are working toward the good of all things in all places even if we can't see how it's happening. Even in those places, we don't recognize it. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. We ask that you forgive us, Father. Because as we come to this place, we know that there are ways and places in which we have failed you. There are things that we have done intentionally, things we have done unintentionally, uh, things we have left undone. Lord, we know that those are also a hindrance that keeps us from being present to you and with you and for you completely. And so we confess those things and ask you to forgive us. And we know that you are faithful and just to forgive completely, 100%. It doesn't matter what we have done. You forgive us. As Paul says, wherever sin abounds, grace abounds more. And we are thankful for your grace. We are thankful for your grace, which covers all our sin. And Lord, as we continue in worship, help us in ways and places maybe where we're not right with each other too, just to take the steps to make that right if we need to have conversations, if we need to confess uh, sins to each other, if we need to ask for forgiveness, reconciliation, Lord, because we know that this is not just a, a vertical relationship that you have called us to between us and heaven, but this is a horizontal relationship with one another. And we're thankful for that too. And so, Lord, help us to be your people this morning. And we give all honor and glory and praise to you, the maker of all things, the one who holds it all in hand and calls us into relationship. To you, we pray and give thanks. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: I'd like to invite the kids forward for children's time. I have some really special helpers today. They had some uh, prep work to do before children's time this morning. All kids are welcome to come up and join us. Um, So yes, so show me what you made. Do you want to list it up so everybody can see? What'd you make? Yeah. Come on up, bud. It's fun. That's right. You don't have to actually leave them separated because that's even better if you bring them both up separate. Okay. So you put them together. Who are they, Kaylee? Um, Naomi and Ruth. Naomi and Ruth. So we are learning about the book of Ruth today. And here's the cool thing about Ruth and Naomi is um, that even when really, really hard times came, Naomi was going to go back to her family or go back to Israel, to her country. And she told Ruth Okay, you go back home, go back home. So are you still separate or did you go together? Okay, good. They're separate. Perfect. Okay, can I hold one and you hold the other? Okay, so which one is that, Ruth or Naomi? You pick. Ruth. Okay, so Naomi, so hold up Naomi for me. So Naomi told Ruth and said, Ruth, you can go back to your family because um, they can take care of you now. And I'm gonna go back to my country of Israel. Okay. And so Ruth could have gone home, right? Back to her family. But what did Ruth do? My kids from first service know. What did she do? Say no. Say no. She said, no. She said, wait, wait, wait. No, we're going to be best friends. We're going to stay together, right? Um, actually, she was her mother in law. Ruth was her daughter in law. And so Naomi was going to go back to her country. Ruth was welcome to go back to her family. But instead of going back to her family, she said, no, 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 I'm going to stay with my mother in law. So I'm going to hand you Ruth real quick. And we're going to glue them together. You ready? Because they're going to stick together like you guys have yours stuck together. Let's see which hand. This hand. They're going to be stuck like glue together because Ruth said, no, no, no. I'm not going to go back to my own family. I am going to stick with you, Naomi, no matter what. And so you guys are about to go learn a story about friendship in children's church. Um, That's a little bit different than our Ruth and Naomi story, but the meanings are the same. Do you guys have a best friend? Do you have a couple of best friends? That stick close to you, like Ruth stuck close to Naomi? They stick. Oh, you have two? So you would need another puppet with more glue, right? To show three people sticking together like glue. Yeah? Perfect, perfect. Well, will you guys pray with me before we go to Children's Church? I don't want to (laughs) go. I want to do one activity so bad. You want to do the activity in Children's Church? I want to do an activity. Okay, well, there's really fun activities in Children's Church. As soon as we're done with this, Miss Alexis is ready to take you back there, okay? She is in the nursery. She's going to take you back to Children's Church. But before we do, will you guys pray with me? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Let's put our hands together. And would you guys pray after me? Your hands are stuck. Would you stick your hands together and pray with me, Jay? Dear Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us friends. Who stick closer than a brother, no matter what. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, let's encounter the scripture this morning. Before you do, would you pray with me? God, we pray that as your word is proclaimed and the scriptures are put before us this morning, that we would hear them anew, that your Holy Spirit would reveal new truths to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Today's scripture is from the book of Ruth. It is actually all of chapter one. Our new series is really exciting. We're going to go through a chapter each week until we do the complete book of Ruth. There's only four chapters and they're all very short. Uh, So today we start with Ruth chapter one. In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem in Judah went to live in the country of Moab, he and his wife and two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech and the name of his wife, Naomi. And the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion. They were Ephrathites from Bethlehem in Judah. They went into the country of Moab and remained there. But Elimelech, the husband of Naomi, died and she was left with her two sons. These took Moabite wives. The name of the one was Orpah and the name of the other Ruth. When they had lived there about 10 years, both Malon and Chilion also died, so that the woman was left without her two sons and her husband. Then she started to return with her daughters-in-law from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had considered his people and given them food. So she set out from the place where she had been living, she and her two daughters-in-law, and they went on their way to go back to the land of Judah. But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back, each of you, to your mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. The Lord grant that you may find security, each of you, in the house of your husband. Then she kissed them, and they wept aloud. They said to her, No, we will return with you to your people. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Do I still have sons in my womb that you may become that may become your husband's? "'Turn back, my daughters. Go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. Even if I thought there was hope for me, even if I should have a husband tonight and bear sons, would you then wait until they were grown? Would you then refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, it has been far more bitter for me than for you, because the hand of the Lord has turned against me.' Then they wept aloud again. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So she said, See, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. Return after your sister-in-law. But Ruth said, do not press me to leave you or to turn back from following you. Where you go, I will go. Where you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people, and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. There will I be buried. May the Lord do thus and so to me, and more as well if even death parts me from you. When Naomi saw that she was determined to go with her, she said no more to her. So the two of them went on until they came to Bethlehem. When they came to Bethlehem, the whole town was stirred because of them. And the women said, is this Naomi? She said to them, call me no longer Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty has dealt bitterly with me. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi when the Lord has dealt harshly with me, and the Almighty has brought calamity upon me? So Naomi returned together with Ruth the Moabite, her daughter-in-law, who came back with her from the country of Moab. They came to Bethlehem at the beginning of the barley harvest. This is the word of God for the people of God.
0: And it's time to get back to the basics. Let's pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, amen and amen. So yeah, let's get back to the basics. Uh, What's more basic than the Old Testament, right? I love the Old Testament. You know why I love the Old Testament? Because it's got the best stories. The Old Testament has the best stories. Dan, do you agree? Yeah, yeah. And and probably, now this is arguable, but I think one of... The best stories in the Old Testament is the Book of Ruth. You, you guys know the story of Ruth? If you don't, you're in luck because we're gonna we're gonna be going through this the next four weeks. we're gonna talk about this book and Emily said it. we're gonna read each chapter each week so you're gonna get to hear the whole book of Ruth. But if you don't know Ruth, Ruth is this beautiful story uh, about uh, like just profound, human faithfulness and allegiance toward another. We, we got to hear a little bit of that as she read how that's starting to play into the story. But but it's also a story of God uh, quietly working in the background toward the good of his people and really the good of the whole world. Now, kind of interesting thing, God never speaks in the book of Ruth. God never speaks. We never hear God's voice, but we can see God working silently and quietly, much like I believe God probably really works in the world and with us. But this is also a story about the power of solidarity and the power of community, which I believe is probably the primary vehicle through which God operates. God operates through His people, through community. This dovetails very nicely with our last series talking about what it means to be a people set apart. We are the vehicle through which God works. You know, when I read these Old Testament stories like this, uh, I, I, I tend to, and I don't mean to, but I tend to pick out one of the characters and I start to read the story through the lens of the character, kind of imagining what it would be like for that character. Well, you know, this, this chapter started out with a lot of people, but by the end of chapter one, all the guys are dead, and Orpah has turned back to go back and live with her family. That leaves two people left, Ruth and Naomi, right? So we don't have very many characters to choose from if we're going to read this through the lens of a character. The obvious choice would be the one for whom the book is named, Ruth, right? To read it through Ruth. I could have preached a sermon uh, based on Ruth's experience and what we can take away from Ruth. Um, Things like just the virtue of giving up everything for the sake of another, right? I mean, we could talk about that. We could talk about entering into covenant and making a commitment to somebody else and like sticking with that commitment, uh, letting your, your yes be yes and your no be no. We could talk about that. I mean, the vows. We could talk just about the vows that she says. It's poetic, beautiful. I'm sure songs have been written. She says, where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. Your God will be my God. Not even death will separate us. Why? Because I'm going to be buried right next to you when I die. So even in death, we will be together. And the text says that she clings to Naomi. Interesting thing, Genesis 2.24, it says, A man shall leave his mother and father and cling to his wife. It's the same Hebrew word there, cling. Like you get a sense of of. Ruth's commitment here. This is, this is a serious model for humility and for loyalty and commitment that we see in Ruth. So the obvious choice would be Ruth. But the more I spent time with this text this week, the more I started to see Naomi's side of things. And I started reading the story through Naomi's lens and wondering what that was like for Naomi. I mean, think about this. She's had to come through a severe famine, leave her homeland, go to a foreign nation. Her husband has died while she's there. Her two sons end up dying. At this point, you can imagine, Naomi is worn out. She is tired. She's probably clinically depressed, although they didn't have clinics that could diagnose that back then. But she's probably severely depressed. We know that she thinks that God's hand is turned against her. She says it several times. God has treated me harshly. She believes in her mind that God has somehow caused all these things to happen, that she has done something wrong. And so when Ruth is making these beautiful vows to her, saying, I I will not leave your side... Naomi is hesitant to accept the offer. Now, if you know anything about Jewish law, this may not be surprising to you, because Ruth, you see, was from Moab, and Moabites were on the no-no list for the Hebrews. Deuteronomy 23, 3-6, "...no Ammonite or Moabite shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord, even to the tenth generation." None of their descendants shall be admitted to the assembly of the Lord because they did not meet you with food and water on your journey out of Egypt. And because they hired against you Balaam, son of Beor, to curse you. You shall never promote their welfare or their prosperity as long as you live. That's a pretty serious command. Pretty clear command too, right? Nehemiah, years and years later, when Nehemiah... And and the crowd came back from Babylon and they're rebuilding the city. Nehemiah took this command very seriously. Nehemiah 13, 1 through 3. On that day, they read from the book of Moses, Deuteronomy 23, in the hearing of the people. And in it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever enter the assembly of God. And because they did not meet the Israelites with bread and water, but hired Balaam against them to curse them. Yet our God turned the curse into a blessing. When the people heard the law... They separated from Israel all those of foreign descent. They took the command seriously. If you are married to a Moabite, you must get rid of them. If your children are of mixed uh, Israelite and Moabite, get rid of the kids. Purge in the land. We're following the law, right? They took the command seriously. So now think about this. Think about this. Naomi and her family have traveled to Moab. That's borderline problematic there, right? To let your two sons marry Moabite wives, that's downright scandalous. And now Ruth wants to come back to Israel? Probably not the best idea. Probably not a good idea. And yet, Ruth persisted, and Naomi could see that she could not dissuade Ruth from following her. Of course, we will see As the story goes on, that it's precisely through this unsanctioned relationship that God would actually bless the nation of Israel and bless the entire world. We are blessed because of this story today, as you will see. But I started thinking about Naomi, and I started thinking, what would I do if I were in the same boat? I mean, what happens... When scripture lays out a clear, clear command, and yet circumstances and relationships bring you into tension with the scriptures themselves, what do you do then? What would I do? Do you follow the letter of the law or do you follow the spirit of it? Unfortunately, I can't answer those questions today. That's going to be a sermon for a different time. And it doesn't really matter because Naomi doesn't seem super concerned with the scriptures themselves. What she is concerned about is the life of Ruth. She tells Orpah and Ruth, go back. Go back to your households. There you will have a better chance at a new future. You are young enough that you can find new husbands. You can start over. You can build families. Naomi realizes she has nothing to offer. She is an older widow, both sons gone, headed back to her homeland where she will have to depend upon the kindness of strangers to get her through. And as we've already said, Naomi obviously believes that God is somehow against her. So you really, Ruth, you really, really don't want to partner yourself with me because God is obviously upset with me. And yet, Ruth persists. Do not press me to leave you. Do not make me do this thing. I am going to go wherever you go. And I'm so thankful for the Ruths in this world. Because looking at this story, I realized that sometimes, sometimes when we are at our lowest point where we think there is no hope, when we think the universe is against us, it's at that moment that somebody comes into our lives that will serve as the path forward. Folks that just won't take no for an answer, right? And I wonder if sometimes... God purposely sends somebody who is so radically different from us just to see if we'll take the bait, just to see if we'll bite, right? I'm going to send somebody to you, and I'm going to sit back and see what you do with that. Maybe even somebody who puts us in tension with the Scriptures themselves, like Ruth. I mean, think about this. Ruth and Naomi are from different countries, right? They serve different gods. Ruth has her own gods from Moab that she serves, that she was raised serving. They're at different stages of life. Ruth is young. Naomi is old. I looked it up. Moabites don't speak Hebrew, so they didn't even speak the same first language, right? There's got to be some communication problems probably there. They couldn't have been more different And the only commonality that they shared is that they were both widows. Which, of course, puts them in a vulnerable state because single women in that day had no rights, no privileges, no chance for survival apart from a man, right? And so these are two vulnerable women sticking together because it's better to have two vulnerable people than two separate vulnerable people. Let's do this thing together. And so I'm so glad that Ruth persisted and said, no, I am not going to leave your side. And I'm so glad that Naomi relented and said, fine, let's go do this thing. Come on. Because otherwise we wouldn't have this story. And this story in particular is important because it tells me that God works through our relationships with one another. This is how God works. I mean, yes, of course, we have examples of individuals in the Bible that do wonderful and mighty things for God. But by and large, God is not working through individuals. It's through twos and threes and fours and fives and groupings of people. I mean, think about this. Elijah had Elisha. Moses had Aaron. David had Jonathan. Paul had Timothy. Even Jesus, our Lord and Savior, surrounded himself with disciples. Even God, who is triune, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, is in community with God's self and then chooses, I don't know why, Lord, but God chooses to enter into partnership with his covenant people, with us. God works in community. And so I want you to think about your life right now. I want you to think about the people who are in your life right now. Not just in this space, but in all parts of your life. Because I don't think that's an accident. I think the people that you encounter on a regular basis, who you would consider a part of your life, these are the folks that God has united you to in some form or fashion for this season of life. They may not be there forever, but for right now they are. And if you're like me, well, I tend to gravitate toward people who are like me. Right? I'm just more comfortable hanging out with people who are like me. Listen to the same music, maybe wear the same clothes, maybe the same age. We can talk about the 90s and the 80s and, you know. Right? But the story of Ruth and Naomi tells me that the least likely person in your life might just become the embodiment of grace when you need it most. That the least likely person might just become the hands and feet of Jesus for you when you need it most. Now, I don't know. Maybe you read this story and you can't help it. You're reading it through the lens of Ruth. And if that's the case, I want to suggest to you that maybe, just maybe, God is calling you to be a Ruth for someone else today. Still think about the people in your life. Maybe you already know who that person is. Maybe that person is very, very different from you. And you sense God is saying, I want you to make a commitment to this person, to serve them. In a special way. And you're going, but God, we have nothing in common. And God is saying, I want you to be Ruth for them. I want you to lean into that. And I don't want you to take no for an answer. But if you're reading this through the lens of Naomi today, I want to suggest to you that maybe God is telling you, you need the people around you more than you realize. More than you know. And do not count any relationship out. None of them are off the table. In fact, the one who is most different might just be the one. Because you see, when we choose to stand in solidarity with others, when we choose to make a commitment and partner up with people, there's nothing God can't do. What does Jesus say? Wherever two or three are gathered, there I am. There's something about twos and threes and fours and fives. It's important. Don't be afraid to nurture those complex relationships, folks. Because yes, while it may be true that Scripture says Moabites are not to be treated with kindness, it's also true the scripture says love is never against the law so may we love well In the name of the father son and holy spirit amen let's pray lord we are grateful for this word today we do believe that you are answering our prayers before we even speak that you're moving mountains we don't even need know that need to be moved and often You are doing these things through the people that you have placed in our lives. So help us not to count any of that out. Help us to be willing to be still and to listen for that still small voice as you show us who you've placed in our lives to help us navigate difficult waters. I am so thankful for this community I am so thankful for these people that you have called us to journey faith together because it gets messy sometimes. Life does not go according to plan. And it's the ones who stay connected that are gonna be strengthened to make it through. So give us the strength not to pull away, but to lean into those relationships. And we thank you ahead of time for them. Lord, as we depart from this place, as we head back into our homes, back to our places of work, back to school this week, just surround us with your love, with your peace, with that gentle reminder that we are not alone. Strengthen us for the week until we are gathered back into this place once more. And I pray for a blessing upon each and every person in this room, for each and every person gathered at their computer right now, watching on Facebook. Bless them and keep them. In Jesus' name, amen.